Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. Rosh Chodesh Tov. We begin the new month of Heshvan, or also known as Mar Heshvan. And what it means, the word Mar means bitterness, comes from the word Maror. And uh, what it means really is that after two months of charged spirituality in the month of Elul, we were doing Teshuvah, we were connecting to the King, we were working on ourselves, and then we have the month of Tishrei, which was really a honeymoon with God. We were full of mitzvot and full of holidays and, and, and beautiful times. Suddenly comes the month of, of Heshvan, where nothing. It's like the joke of that guy that he was very happy. He met a friend and he was very happy. And the friend asked him, oh, why are you so happy? He says, no, I'm very happy because I won the, I won the lottery. I'm so happy. He says, oh, good for you. Incredible. And then the next month he meets him again. And he says, oh, you look so happy. What happened? He says, no, my uncle died and he left me a great fortune. I'm so happy. And then he meets him again. And he says, oh, you look so happy. Yes, imagine I married off my daughter to a beautiful guy. I'm so happy. And then he meets him again and he looks gloomy. He looks so sad. And he says, what's wrong with you to, this month? What happened to you? He says, this month, nothing. This is Mar Heshvan. Nothing, nothing. What happens is there's no holidays. There's no special days in which we can rejoice apart from Rosh Chodesh. And... Um, it's nothing. There's nothing. It says that it's even more bitter than the month of Av, because the month of Av, although we are mourning the destruction of the two temples, there's something. When you're mourning something, at least there's hope for something else. You're working on thinking on the rebuilding of the temples, but the month of, of Heshvan, there's nothing. And so the, the significant, the original name of this month was not Mar Heshvan. This is a name given by the Babylonians, and it was adopted by the Jews through the 70-year exile between the destruction of the first and the second temples. But the original name of this month is a month of bull. And bull denotes the idea of dying up as the leaves begin to, to decay in, with the approach of, of autumn and then eventually with uh, winter. It's a time in which if you look uh, outside your window, they, the trees start becoming red and orange and yellow and eventually the, the leaves are going to fall off. And the, the, the month of Mar Heshvan or Bull uh, suggests that it is a month of darkness and decay. So it's a month in which we're preparing for cold months, for a time of coldness, in which there is no warmth. And, um, and it says that King Solomon completed the construction of the temple, uh, of the first temple, but the dedication was not done until the month of Tishrei of the, of the next year. So it says also that this month is reserved for the coming of Mashiach. That's why there's no special days in the month of Heshvan because it's a it's a it's a it's a month that is empty, it's devoid, so it can contain the time when Mashiach comes. So we, if we search further, we find two other events that happened in the month of Heshvan. The first was the Mabul, the flood of, of Noah, and the flood began on the 17th of Heshvan. And the waters receded one year later on the 27th of Heshvan. Also, 
it says that uh, that uh, one one explanation of the name bull is that it stems from this month as a as the beginning of the rainy season in Israel. If you see in uh, in Shemini Atzeret, in Musaf of Shemini Atzeret, we start we did the repetition of the Amidah was a prayer for rain, and um, we have to pray for rain because this is a blessing that comes if we pray, and. Um, and it, it should start the rainy season in Israel. And it's connected to the word Mabul, which is the, the word Mabul is flood and an over and abundance of rain. It is significant to note that the flood was original scheduled to begin on the, <clears throat> on the, on the uh, 11th of Heshvan, but it was halted till the 17th because Methuselah, who was a, a grandfather of Noah, he died on the 11th of Heshvan. And since they had to wait seven days of Shiva, of the morning period, the Hashem waited to start the Mabul on the 17th of, of Heshvan. There's a second important thing that occurred in this month. And that is that also Rachel, the wife, the beloved wife of Jacob, passed away on the 11th of Heshvan. And her son, Benjamin, which was the last son of Jacob, he was the one that completed the tribes, was born the same day that his mother passed away, which occur occurred on the 11th of Heshvan. And so we see that there's no... Uh, we see the connections between the death of Methuselah on the 11th of Heshvan, the death of, uh, of, 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 of Rachel and the birth of, of Benjamin. And we see that our matriarch Rachel and her son Benjamin, Benjamin stand respectively for, exiled and, um, for the exile and the geula of the Jewish people, of the redemption of the Jewish people. Rachel died coming into Israel, and Benjamin was born coming into, into Israel. He was not born in exile. He was born in the land of Israel. So Rachel determines the Jewish people in exile. It's more, it says that she's crying for us. She's still crying for us. That's why her tomb is in Bethlehem. In, when the people were exiled, they passed through her tomb. She was not buried in, a, in Hebron with the rest of our matriarchs and patriarchs. She was buried in Bethlehem. So when the Jewish people were exiled, they could stop and cry in her tomb. And it says, the sages tell, tell us that till today she still cries for her people. In contrast, Benjamin, which is a, a, her son, his birth marks the completion of the people of Israel. He completes the 12 tribes. He's also the only son of Jacob which was born in Israel, and he represents the, the, the Jewish people's perfected state in the land of Israel. So he represents the perfection of the Jewish people. And, um, and, they, and to understand this better, we see that the first king of Israel came from the, from the tribe of Benjamin. It was King Saul. And we see also the Mordechai and Esther in the story of Purim were also descendants of Benjamin. So we learn from here that darkness creates the potential of a future light. This theme can be seen in the flood as well. The flood was considered like a mikveh. It was considered like an immersion of the world to be able to purify it and bring it to a better uh, state. 
And although the world in its previous state came to an end, in reality, the world that came after the flood was a much better world than the world that it was before it. So now we can explain the essence of this month of Heshvan as brought to light by the events that occurred in the month. Heshvan is a time that is bitter. It's a bitter month for there seems to be no opportunities to grow. Like really, it has nothing that ignites something in you, like, like inspirational. And, uh, and, uh, and it doesn't give us a spiritual connection. It is a time of, of deterioration as the leaves start falling off the trees and, the, and there's wind and it's cold. And yet it also is a time when the rains begin to fall and uh, everything that is going underground is starting to germinate to be able to bloom again in the springtime, in the time of, in the month of Nisan. So in the deeper surface, beneath the surface, there's life that is coming new. So we know from here that the beginning is wedged in the end and the end is wedged in the beginning. In life, everything is round, it's a cycle. It doesn't exist that there's an end and that's it. This is something important to learn that even though a, clo a door closes on you, there's always another, clo op uh, another door opening for you. There's always a new opportunity for you. It's not the end. Even if a person passes away from this world, it's not the end. That soul is going somewhere else. There's something else for that soul. It's not the end. And this is a very important concept for everybody. Because if we think that we're here and yeah, it's the end, or there's no purpose for our suffering, there's no purpose for the darkness, then we can become very bitter and very sour people. But when we understand that everything, even if it looks bleak and dark, is really germinating something new, something new is gonna come out of it, something better is gonna come out of it, then this gives us the strength to continue and to wait for the blooms to come out. So the month of Heshvan teaches us that despite the darkness, and even because of the darkness, there is future growth that awaits us. We have the opportunity to nurture that right at this moment. This is what we should be doing. This is a month of nurture. We should be nurturing. It's, a, it's like when the bears, they hibernate, they're in a cave, they're hibernating towards the, 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 in the, in the winter time. They go to sleep for six months and they wake up and they're still alive, you know? They're just nurturing themselves. They're protecting themselves so they can continue. This is the time to do that and at the right moment. And it's now that we gather the seeds from the holidays of the month of Tishrei, plant them and carefully water them through their winter months. So everything that you accumulated in the month of Tishrei with the holidays of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Shemini Atzeret and Sukkot, Sukkot and Shemini Atzeret and Simhas Torah, I'm sorry, I said them backwards. Really, everything that you gain from that just plant it, plant it, water it, and wait for it to bloom. With God's help, we will soon marvel at the beautiful spring bounty that we merit to, uh, to cultivate. So I wish you a beautiful month. It should be a month of no despair, of joy and love and nurture. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.